Welcome to A Healthier You, Little by Little. This podcast gives you insights and features various aspects of health, from sleep and stress to immunity, exercise, home workouts, energy, and performance. Here is your host of A Healthier You, Little by Little, Cindy Little. Well, welcome everybody back to A Healthier You, Little by Little. Today I have a special guest, and it is Dr. Shane Bayless. He is known as a doc hockey and he is a soft tissue specialist and a chiropractor and he has a passion for playing hockey, but he settles for helping people perform better in all realms of life. And I know I've known Shane for probably at least a decade now. He lives in the Ottawa area and he has a clinic in Canada. If anybody knows Canada, Ontario, he is a top performing chiropractor and an amazing person. And I have him on the show today to talk about how to find a good chiropractor. So Shane, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be invited and uh, to speak on some things that uh, you know, you're know you passionate about as well as what you do on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I appreciate the, the professional hockey. I never made it all the way to the, the big show, but uh, obviously I think we all have our passions that kind of sit in the back, like you know, what's the, the one thing you wanted? And obviously as a kid growing up, you're like, I want to be an astronaut. Well, I want to be a hockey player, just like probably 900 million kids in the world. Uh, but uh, I did get to play quite a, a high level of hockey, so I'm, I'm just proud to have made it uh, as far as I did and, and get to enjoy a lot of the benefits that you get to uh, traveling with a team and, and playing at a level uh, as high as the NCAAs in Division One. And and now you're known as Doc Hockey. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that kind of came about just because uh, I've played with uh, a, a high level of hockey. I started uh, my chiropractic practice and was always asking uh, people about, you know, how do I get into the sports and and, and work with athletes and things like that. And uh, they gave me some, uh, you know, useful hints about, uh, you know, what techniques to take. Uh, we do a lot of active release technique, Graston technique, which is like sound assisted instruments that are metal instruments that we use, like a gua sha uh, is also similar to that as well. Um, you know, I do, do the acupuncture, uh, kinesio tape. Now we even do shockwave. So it's it's evolving as our, our culture evolves too on what the athletes are looking for because they're always looking to get a step ahead with performance uh, and just being healthier from a preventative point of view as well as a performance point of view to get ahead of the next guy. And that's sometimes where, you know, like, We've, we've dealt with different teams. Uh, we've worked with the junior A team, uh, the Canada Lasers, as well as um, well, the former Canada Lasers and uh, the Smith Falls Bears. And, you know, they're always like, you're the best kept seeker, right? They don't want to say anything about, you know, the other teams and stuff like that to get the step up. <laughs> but I'm trying to expand that, you know, everyone wants to play against the best and you want to win against the best. So want to have everyone as healthy as they can be. So there's no excuses uh, looking forward. So that's how I kind of got a little bit into the, the dog hockey. I also instruct for Endeavor Sports. Sports group. So I do instruction, uh, private instructions, as well as team instruction for, you know, obviously developing hockey players and um, defense as well as uh, forwards and, and so on and so forth. And uh, so I treat them and I play myself. So I still play, uh, you know, everyone says the NHL always becomes the uh, the beer leagues or the old men league. So I'm still playing and still having fun. And uh, it's, it's, it's passionate for me. So love doing that keeps me in shape and uh, saves me from going to the gym as much as I need to, but uh, still gets my exercise out there and uh, releases some of that, you know, mental stress on yourself as well. Right. Okay. Now that you, you said a whole mouthful there, like when you talked about all of the different things that you do as a chiropractor. Now let's the, the, I mean, the topic today is about finding a good chiropractic practitioner, and it's not just about the spine, as you just said. 
And so you said titles do not dictate treatment. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, I mean, you, you are a soft tissue specialist and a sports specialist. And so you are different than other chiropractors who just focus on maybe just the spine. Yeah. So a lot of times, like where I kind of get in trouble sometimes you say, you know, you're going to a networking group or you're with a bunch of people like, Oh, what do you do? And stuff like that. And as soon as I open up my mouth and I say, I'm a chiropractor, I got to get put in this little box where everyone's like, Oh, you do adjustments, you know, like cracking the knuckles and, and doing that because that's what chiropractors were known for. You know, when we first started out was just adjustments, gasping release from the joint to help relax muscles and, and innervate uh, the nervous system, uh, to help kind of, kind of reset it as well. And, uh, there's a lot of the things that have gone on that are a little bit more important, right? Uh, for a lot of sports people too, we don't just do spine cracking or joint cracking, which I you would call adjustments. Obviously, it's a little bit of a more uh, formal name there or, or medical name uh, that we use. So we don't just do the spine. I do a lot of soft tissue work. We do a lot of functional assessments where I am as well. So uh, people might be interested in like you know the functional movement screen. I've taken a course in that, but I also do my own functional movement screens uh, to see where the the problem is coming from. And we often always address the soft tissue work and soft tissue to me is muscle, ligament, nerve, uh, tendon, those types of things that aren't related definitely to just the joint, right? There are joint capsules that we do address as well from a soft tissue point of view and, and getting them because the main thing that we're looking for is scar tissue. And everyone goes, well, scar tissue is only from trauma. What did I do? Well, scar tissue comes from three different things. It comes from trauma. It comes from longstanding posture. So at work, if you're sitting all day, that posture that you're in and repetitive injury. So anything that you do like typing is a repetitive strain injury. Same thing with any sport you play because you do the same sport. You're using the same muscles over and over again. And often, um, they uh, you know, get restricted in those movements for hockey players. It's their rotation of their hips. They usually can't move their, their hip inwards, uh, because they're so used to having it moving outwards when they're skating, it's a stride, right? Same thing with runners. Runners are really good at forward and back motion, but they're not really good sometimes at rotational movements through the hips, uh, and so on and so forth. So when that happens, they end up having restrictions or those, um, parts of the joints that are used all the time, they start to wear out more fa- or faster than other uh, parts of that joint. So it's uh, pretty important to, you know, be addressing all those things when we're doing helping rehab any of our patients and not just looking at the spine, which is where people get stuck on. So when I tell people I'm a soft tissue specialist, it kind of opens up the conversation of where you are as um, like a specialist going, oh, well, what else do you do? And then I can talk about what I'm doing rather than just going, oh, you're a chiropractor. I've seen those types of people. I know what you do. And uh, they move on from there. So I always want to open up the conversation. We're talking about that because it's pretty important in my profession to kind of explain to them what I do since I am different. And that applies to, I think, all practitioners. Yeah, I think you are different. (laughs) In a polite way, of <laughs> Wait course. Wait a second here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's taken different ways these days. You are different. I remember when I met you and I came to your office and and we were in the same networking group, uh, business group, and I wanted to check you out to see what you offered. And I couldn't believe how much you did offer as a chiropractor. I, I like I didn't know that you could do uh, soft tissue as much as you did and all the different tools that you had. Like I was pretty impressed. Well, yeah, we've, we've explored it and we've, we've grown too, right? So, you know, I started out with just doing kind of active release and adjustments. I've, uh, 
gone and got further courses for acupuncture. Uh, I've done kinesio tape now. We brought in the shockwave, and even now our clinic is offering laser treatment too. So one of the highest class lasers that you have, uh, we actually have that now. Oh my God. Uh, Are you serious? Because I was just told by somebody that I need to find a laser specialist, like a laser chiropractor, like someone uh, trained in it for my husband's knee replacement. Because I heard yeah. it, it, it helps heal people quicker. Is that correct? It does. Well, what the laser is often doing, it's, it's, it's always, it's not the only treatment you give people. It's kind of an adjunct to what you're doing. Uh, the laser actually helps with the different wavelengths. Everyone's done on frequencies. So, you know, even wearing a red shirt might be a good frequency for you. It gives you energy or a black shirt might take away your energy depending on what frequency you're traveling on. Everyone's a little bit different. And uh, so same thing with light sensitivities. Some people really do well with purple lighting. Some people do well with red lighting, white lighting, whatever it is. And when we're looking at a, a laser, it, it's a four wavelength laser. So it has four different wavelengths that influence the cells. So when you have those different wavelengths due to the cells, they vibrate more and they produce more ATP in the cell, kind of like a mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. We always hear that. So energy. you're gaining energy for the cell to pump. So if it's pumping more, you get rid of inflammation and it heals quicker because now you're able to create energy for the cells and do better that way. So when that happens, you're doing a lot more healing for that cell faster. So a lot of times what they say is acute injuries like ankle sprains and all that stuff, they can actually put the laser in there and it'll speed up the inflammation to get rid of it faster so that you recover faster. And then you can have that remodeling take place faster than it would be if you did the normal process. Wow. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit more about like, okay, when, when should somebody after a surgery go see you or after an injury, see you for the laser treatment? Yeah, right away. I do it right away. Cause uh, you'll have people who, um, you know, have an ankle sprain and it's blown up, right? It's just huge and it's blown up. And then when you have that blowing up, then you can actually get rid of some of the inflammation right away. So it'll help speed up that process. So the remodeling happens even faster rather than taking longer. So we do it immediately. And that was one of the reasons we got it was for the immediate effects of acute injuries, because we don't stick needles in it swelling. We don't touch it a lot with soft tissue work or hands-on work because the one thing we don't want to do is inflame it. And it's really usually tender with people. So it's not doing a whole lot by just doing it. Light sweeping can be fine because you're doing like a lymphatic drainage where you're actually promoting the fluid to be moved. And that is why we do tell people you should be walking. You should be moving around rather than just laying around doing things in the appropriate manner. Obviously, I'm not telling you to go weight bearer and go walking on a sprained ankle. You can barely move, but having it moving in air, non-weight bearing, or even in water is a great thing for people. And we often prescribe those types of things for people to do when they have an ankle sprain that's acute uh, and swollen. Right. Okay. Well, this is, this is amazing because there's so many people, the aging population that are getting knee replacements, hip replacements. Uh, there's so many injuries out there, not just from athletes. We're not just addressing athletes here. We're addressing like almost everybody who's aging as well is going to have some kind of injury or surgery at some point. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, like all those people. Uh, and that's why we, we don't just treat athletes at our clinic. We treat everybody. And that's one of the reasons too, that people always, Oh, you guys only treat athletes. No, we treat everybody. And there's probably way more everyday people that we are treating, but a lot of the people that come to see us are active people, right? They're, they're, they're moving around on the weekends. They're playing their pickleball, playing their volleyball or running or whatever they are doing. Uh, and they know they're coming to see us because that's what we need you to do. 
having people that, you know, don't do anything as, as in like, you know, they're sedentary during the workday, they come home, they're really tired. They just kind of watch a movie and they're not really into that sports or activity levels uh, to get exercise. And that can be people that just go to aerobics is fine. That's still an active person, but uh, yeah, if they don't do that part, then they're not doing their part on their own. And that usually means they're coming back to see me over and over again, because I'm just kind of maintaining what they got and trying to keep them above the pain curve or sorry, below the pain curve so they can continue to do what they want to do. But without doing the other stuff where like we're looking at nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, and movements, then we really are only part of the the help that you need overall. So you got to be balancing all of those things to actually get you away from uh, seeing us on a regular basis doing that. And that's my goal too, as a Cairo is like, you know, I want to get you better so that you can maintain your own level of health and you don't need me. It makes a bad business decision on that part, but it makes people happy. And I feel like I'll be seeing a lot more people. I get them out of my clinic and they can do things on their own rather than having to keep them and coming back over and over again. And right. I think people say, oh yeah, once you see a Cairo, you have to see them forever. Not my clinic. Okay. I want you gone. All right. That's my goal. <laughs> well, that that's a, that's a good, uh, good model. And I think it, it builds trust too, with your clients. Like they don't feel like they, you know, like they have to continue to go and you do want to help people get better quicker. Now, how would you say, how do physiotherapists and chiropractors compare or differ? Cause there's, there's lots of people who need both. And when do we know when we need both? I guess Cairo would tell that to a physio and a physio would tell that to a Cairo or, or is there like a little bit of a competition uh, between the two professions? Yeah, well, there's, there's always competition. We don't really see competition out there. Uh, The reason I say that is because um, we're focused on what we're doing, giving quality service uh, and meeting people's needs. So to me, like I moved into a building, there was a physio upstairs, there's, there was a personal training, uh, down the road, there's, there's Kairos. Like, I'm not worried about it. Cause I know what I'm giving people. They're not going to get a lot of different places and I'm going to make them happy if they come see me anyway. So to me, I'm not worried about who's upstairs or who's next door. I'm worried about what I'm doing and that I'm doing the best I, I can for my clinicians. But, you know, we do run into like getting a, a medical doctor is basically the kingpin of everything, right? If your medical doctor says you go do this, you do it right. There's not right. many people that are going to go. Well, I really don't trust him or whatever, unless there's a reasoning why and or him or her, any any uh, gender obviously uh, can be uh, the doctor, but is looking at that. But they're used to kind of referring to physiotherapists because for one thing, physios are exercise based and it's very safe, right? Everyone knows exercises. Usually you're going out there, they give you a plan and stuff like that. And they also have modalities that they're kind of used to. They do modalities. But previously, physios were always masters of of physiotherapy. They weren't doctors. So chiropractors are doctors of, of chiropractic, which means we can diagnose and we can make our own treatment plans. So we don't need a letter of referral from a doctor to treat somebody. You can call my office and I can treat you right away. Some physios can't do that. Now there is doctorates of physiotherapy. It just takes longer. So a lot of people are doing the two-year program maybe a third year, but most of them are only doing the two. If they do become a doctor of physiotherapy, it's a three to four year program that they have to go through to get all of that done. Now that makes our training a little bit longer and we have to go through a lot of different things from cell biology, microbiology, general diagnosis, right? We do how to do exams. People like don't know that we actually have to learn about rectal exams and 
other uh, physical exams and uh, that, but we don't practice that. We just have to know about it. So it's not like you're going to come in and get a physical for me. That doesn't happen, but I do know how to do those exams and I was trained in it. So I know about all the different things that can come up from even an oncology kind of point of view. So that's where we're allowed to put the stake in front of our names. that says we're doctors. So sometimes the physios don't have that. And the doctors got to basically mandate, this is what I want you to do. So they kind of had control over it. They like that. So they say, oh, go get physiotherapy. But what it really says to a lot of people is go get like soft tissue work and rehab program. Now, looking at what the Cairo does and the physio does is what's the most important because there's so much overlap now. Before it was like I said before, physios do exercise modalities, Cairos do adjustments. Yeah. Well, now it's overlapped. There's a lot of physios that do acupuncture. There's a lot of Cairos that do acupuncture. There's a lot of physios that do ART, which is actually, well, it's called active release technique but is actually a chiropractic technique that was developed by a chiropractor that's now mainstream across the board of all these different uh, professions. And everyone can do that. My massage therapist can do acupuncture. She does cupping. She does a whole bunch of stuff that is not really just your typical registered massage therapy. Finding out what that person does is so important on what you want. If you only want adjustments, then yeah, there's lots of chiropractors that will only do adjustments. You're in and out. It saves you time. You go. But if you want someone that does like a soft tissue work, then does your adjustment and then may give you some exercise. You might have to do a little bit of research asking around people for referrals going, well, what does he do? How is he spending his time with you? And that's what's most important about your rehab afterwards. Sometimes obviously experience can be an important thing that you're looking for as well. But physiotherapists and chiropractors, it's mostly just licensure at the end of the day. Who do you use your insurance with? If it's a chiropractic, you're using chiropractic insurance off your benefits. And if it's a physiotherapist, you're using physiotherapist uh, um, insurance. And the problem with it, people are like, you did acupuncture with me. Can I put that as acupuncture? No, because I'm not an acupuncturist. I don't have a <laughs> license in acupuncture. I'm just a practitioner that has the ability to do that. Uh, and they've actually done a lot of more regulation of acupuncture because they used to be able to take a weekend course and then you could bill for acupuncture. But obviously insurance companies have got away from that and been more regulated and saying, no, 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 you have to see someone that has credentials and certifications in that area. So so your office, Shane, does it have physio, massage and chiro, all three modalities? We did. Our physio ended up leaving in COVID because he wanted to move closer to his uh, his house. So we did end up losing a physio. And with the COVID, we, there wasn't enough people going through the exams because they had to be in-person practical exams and they couldn't host those anymore. So there's a backlog of physios actually coming out of college because they couldn't graduate on time. And so it's harder, harder to find these types of physios. And when physios come out too, um, they're pretty sought after and familiarity, they usually go in a physiotherapist um, clinic. Uh, so we're still looking for another physio. So if you have any leads on physios looking to, for work and going that, we're all about it. We had an osteopath as well uh, in our in our clinic, which re- worked really well. And she just ended up going to Calgary. So we have uh, positions to fill. But at the same time, we do recommend all these people to see both. I think having people that have different viewpoints. We have three chiros in our office. We have massage therapists in our office as well. And we actually refer to uh, a naturopath. Uh, we have a nutritionist too that we refer to. Um, and we're always uh, with counselors too. We've had a couple of those too that we refer to for people that are in need of those services. But a multidisciplinary approach to most conditions is where it really should be. This has always um, uh, stumped me or I've always had a question regarding this. What is the difference between an osteopath and a chiropractor and a, and a physio? Well, it depends what country you're in. 
Um, <laughs> if you're looking for an osteopath in like the US, they actually can uh, prescribe drugs. So they're a doctor of osteopathy. So they have quite, you know, they have quite the credentials over there and they're able to do a lot, kind of like a psychiatrist who does counseling, but can, you know, they can also uh, medicate as well, where you have other, you know, social workers and counselors and psychotherapists that can't do that stuff. So in the States, yes, the osteopath has a little bit more training and a little bit more responsibility to their patients when they're looking at that. Now, going to Canada, there's obviously less of a mandate with them and their associations um, are a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, free, free flowing. I had a, the osteopath always told me like, they don't want to um, really zero in and saying, you have to do all these notes and do all this stuff because they want you to basically be assessing all the time and doing that part and not have to be having all these mandates, which can be good and bad depending on how detail oriented person you are. Uh, but it is, they're very much into the balance area, balancing muscle tissue. You know, if there's any alignment stuff that's off with, as well, they are, they are also trained better in adjustments than like a physiotherapist. Physiotherapists do get adjustment training, but unless you take further courses, you really don't spend as much time. Osteos get more and obviously chiros are the most in that type of training because it is a very much of a skill. It's not an easy thing to do. Going through school is the most nerve wracking thing that you had to do because of, uh, you know, they always like, oh, I got to hear that pop which is you don't need to hear the pop, but it's part of it that people are doing it. So you did get nervous in that, but it's a very detailed skill to, to um, basically um, uh, to be confident and, and competent in um, when you're doing that. And that's why a lot of physios don't do it. Mid back is the easiest one, but the lower and the upper uh, neck and stuff like that, the, can be quite stressful for people and can be frustrating to do that. But the physio, I mean, the osteopaths, they're balancing a lot of stuff. So when I see my, my osteo, you know, they look at your, your, uh, your butt, how much weight is on each side. They look at, you know, how you're leaning is that what muscles would maybe correlate with that. And they do a lot, they do soft tissue work as well as, uh, alignment things. And like I said, too, your osteo might do a whole bunch of stuff. They might do acupuncture as well. So you're never looking at someone and going, Oh, I know what you do because of your name. I, I really think that you really got to do your research and find out the kind of practitioner you're going to see and does it fit your needs and what you're looking for. Awesome. Well, that that's all really good advice. Is there any other advice for people looking for a quality practitioner? Like any last kind of yeah. thought? So I have been asked this question before because they're like, well, I'm not from where you are. You are. I'd love to come see you, but what do I look for in my own community? Or if I'm looking somewhere else when, you know, I'm on vacation or something has happened. And I say, well, first of all, you got, you got to have good communication with them, right? You got to be feel comfortable when you're around them. Uh, you got to know that you're on the same pathway as them. Like they might say, I want you to do this, but if you're like, I don't do exercise. I don't ever want to do that. So if the person's always like, you got to do exercise and maybe that's not the person for you at that time going forward with that. So that communication, usually about 10% of people you're not going to com uh, be compatible with anyway in just life. So find someone that you do have a good relationship with or feel comfortable with taking their advice and, and going forward with them. Also finding a chiropractor that has value and usually a plan uh, is going forward. In my practice, I do a lot of measurements. People are always like, why do you measure everything? I measure it so that I can go back and go, oh, your straight leg raise was 70 degrees or 72 degrees. And the next time you came in and look at it, it's 78 degrees now. So I can give them a value, not just, oh, it looks a little bit better. Because how many times going, well, how do you feel? Well, I feel better. Well, do you feel better from last time or do you feel better from the very first time you saw me? Because if it was the very first time you saw me, then you might be still at the same point as you were three months ago if I saw you six months ago. 
So I want to know exactly like what's the pain level? Is it an eight, a nine, and maybe how long you walk? When do you get the pain? Am I progressing with that? And we usually look at the joint going, okay, have I worked on that joint and am I still seeing improvements? Because after three times in a treatment, if you're not seeing improvements with the same area, so say I'm looking at hip extension and I'm not getting any more improvements after three times and I'm treating the same structures, I better get off of that and move on to something else because that's not getting any better. So that's how we kind of orient. So we keep moving on. And then we know when basically maximum health is there so we can get rid of that saying, okay, your hip's good. Your low back is good now. Everything's as best as I can get it from this point of view, either look for something else, or this is where you're going to be for a little bit of time uh, with that. Now the plan too, people get long-term plans with people. I don't like committing people to long-term plans because I feel like they get trapped and they feel like, well, I have to use this because that's the plan that I'm in. Mine's a day-to-day basis. I do recommend obviously seeing us and giving us a chance for you know a month or whatever, seeing how it's going and ask questions during that period. But never get stuck in a plan where you're like, well, I put $3,000 into this and now I'm stuck because I just don't want it. And now I'm not going to go because I'm embarrassed to even ask for my money back or saying that this isn't working, uh, which is fine. And with us, I always look at, it's never about time and with patients. It's not like, well, he spends half an hour with me. So it's got to be a good Cairo or a good physio. It's about where do I see results using those values? Seeing results is important as well as are they using the different modalities to get to my that point, right? We use shock, we use acupuncture. Are we using that to fit the diagnosis, right? Everything's got to fit. If it's a disc injury and it's herniation, they're telling you to get rid of, rid of the herniation by touching it. That's a lie because you can't touch a disc, but you can decompress it, right? So always about the, the diagnosis is fitting it. And are you getting results? So if they spend 10 minutes, but they get the same results, if they spend 30 minutes, they're doing a great job with you. So I don't care about the time frame as long as you're getting results. And that's why the value is so important so that you can see that the results that are going by. So for me, those are the types of things that you're looking for. Good communication, a value, a plan of what they're actually trying to do and what they're doing. And then are you seeing results? So you got those three things. You're probably in a good case, good hands with a good chiro or a physio or acupuncturist, whoever you're seeing at that point too. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's a lot of great information, Shane. Thank you so much. Cause yeah, it can be confusing for people uh, trying to find a good chiropractor and people who've been with a chiropractor and they still have the same issue and they don't feel like they're getting better. Maybe they, they do feel stuck, like you said. And so it's good to know what to look for. And I know that you can be reached on LinkedIn at ProAction Health and Performance. Is that correct? Yep. So we changed the name a little bit because it was health. I was a pro actions, um, sports injury uh, clinic. And we changed it a little bit to health and performance just so that people know that we don't just treat athletes. We treat everyday public and we're there to get your basically performance from everyday living to an activity that you do and just day-to-day life that uh, we want you to be able to perform better, function well, play with your kids, play with your grandkids, great grandkids, whatever it is. So that's, what's most important to people at the end of the day. And uh, we'll have in the show notes, the the phone number to reach out to you and your email. And I see that you're on Facebook and Instagram as ProAction Sports Injury Clinic, correct? Yep. We're all there at that uh, point uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we try to give back to everybody if they have any questions and stuff like that. You can also call us uh, on the line as well. And we'll we'll get best. Always leave a message if we don't answer because we're always going to get back to you uh, within a few hours or a day at the most really. So uh, have no fear about that and do that. So we'll, we look forward to seeing everybody if they're interested in uh, having a further discussion or if they want to come in and see us. All right. So thank you, Dr. Shane Bayless for coming on the show today and telling us the goods on how to find the best Cairo. No problem. Thanks again for having me. All right. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to A Healthier You Little by Little. 
Do you have a question about something you heard today? An idea for a topic, perhaps? Or would you like to reach out to Cindy? Send her an email, coachcindylittle at gmail.com or visit her website at healthtowealth.ca. That's health2wealth.ca. Or you can find Cindy on LinkedIn or Facebook as Cindy Little. Once again, thanks for listening.